This is the Outpace Coaching Podcast presented by Coach Anthony and Coach Peter. Together, we strive to help you outpace the competition. In this podcast, we dive into everything endurance sports related and give you our perspective on what will make you faster. Hi, everybody. This is Coach Anthony and Coach Peter, and we are here for the August rendition of the Outpace Coaching Podcast. It's the end of summer. End of summer. Does not feel like the end of summer. I mean, all. it's a, <laughs> like I it, I know everyone says this every summer, but it is kind of weird because I thought this summer was creeping along for the longest time, but now the fact that you tell me it's September in four days is uh, yeah. a little surreal. Yep, yep. <laughs> and just the fact that you can tell the days are getting shorter, yeah. less sunlight. Yeah, I mean, we swam yesterday and it was, I mean, the sun was basically set on us by the time we were done. Yeah, yeah. Yep, which uh, which means that snow's coming. Yeah, <laughs> which has the perfect transition to this month's topic, which yeah. is all about skiing. Skiing, yes, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe a little. Yeah, it is pretty premature. Yeah, but that's okay. In our defense, I feel like uh, a lot of people are having an earlier off season this year. Yeah. Um, just because of the elephant in the room, I don't have to mention uh, COVID. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the nice thing is, is that we actually can have a first section this time because. This this is the first time since February that races, organized races actually happened. Um, I know the previous podcast, we didn't have much to talk about, so I'm pretty excited to actually have some topics to cover. Yeah, so the the two, uh, there's been three local races now, right? Yeah, three sprints. Three sprints, sprints, and now, and then in September, there's one additional race. Yeah, yeah, Lake. yeah. so I mean, the first one um, was Big Lake. And that was when was that August? Or, it was it beginning like yeah. early August? Yeah, like yeah. August second or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was up until like the week of. I was skeptical of whether it was going to happen. Yeah. I think I even said on the last podcast, like, "Well, we'll see," you yeah. know. Um, but it did, and I like I. They did a really good job. I mean, they. It was kind of weird because. It was sprint only, so it was obviously it was going to be Olympic and sprint, but they consolidated to one race. But the weirdest thing was because they wanted to social distance and everything, they had such gaps between the age groups and everything. So like a lot of us who started out front literally had finished and there was still like four or five age groups who hadn't even started yet. Oh, yeah. Which is really weird. I mean, like, you know, sitting around waiting for people, you know, a lot of us had been done for over an hour as we were watching people still crossing crossing the finish line. Um, I mean, just imagine if that was anything longer than a sprint. Oh, I would have. Yeah. That's why I think they just had it that way. Just because if it wasn't Olympic, it would have been all day, all day event and just so, so, so spread out. So, so no, I think, yeah, it went really well. I think everybody, you know, it was just nice to get out and race at least one time this year for yeah. some and then those that have have done the last couple too um we had that. what like 10 outpaced people doing it yeah yeah something like yep. that yeah, yeah it was fun good. to cheer but yeah yeah you were out on the uh biking course i think you took probably a thousand pictures yeah. there <laughs> none of them really good but <laughs> hey some of them were good <laughs> i feel like most people appreciated what yeah, you uh, <laughs> put out to the facebook world <laughs> yeah definitely not a photographer that's for sure um, um it is worth saying i mean like i i just have the results pulled up right now i mean that was uh as about as stacked of a field as you can get Oh, sure. For Big Lake. I mean, it's yeah. not really a surprise just because I think everyone was antsy and they took full advantage of the opportunity. But I mean, like, just looking at the top 10, right? Like, 
you if you you take Josh Mork who won it, he had a one hundred three hundred seven, um, and you add three minutes onto his time, and you're already to the number thirteenth person in place. Yeah, and that goes to show like a three minutes discrepancy is the top thirteen people. Yeah. Um, and same thing with the women, right? The women's race was super competitive too. So I don't know. I thought it was cool being a part of that and and actually like looking around and seeing this happening and it feels like it's been so long, right? Yeah. Like a lot of us haven't done that in literally almost a year. I mean, okay. 11, 12 months. Yeah. Um, so that was good too. Uh, and then I think there was Green Lake? Green Green Lake, yeah. It be, was that between Clearwater? Yeah, and, where is Green Lake? Uh, <laughs> I think it's out west, isn't it? Uh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I guess I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Didn't and do our research. Steve, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> Steven did that one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he heard, did awesome. Yeah, he did well. Um, I heard that one was super windy. Yeah, it, there was... I know it was raining. It was kind of wet roads, but it seemed it seemed like it, it cleared up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, to race is to race. So I know, was, yeah, yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Clearwater was two weekends ago. Yes, same same weekend as the training camp. Have you ever done Clearwater? Uh-uh. No, I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. I was signed up, but then uh, I think that's a transition to what we were doing instead of that weekend. Yeah, which was the team camp in Madison. Um, Just, it was supposed to be in, in, uh, to prep for Ironman Wisconsin about four weeks out, so it was kind of perfect timing, just doing their last sessions, last long sessions on the actual course, but... Um, it was still fun and we still got to, you know, go down there. It was a group of nine of us that did some biking, did some running on the course, uh, did some swimming on the course. Yeah. Um, some attempted to swim on the other side of the lake and it oh, didn't yeah. go so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the weeds on the, the Olin park area were ridiculous. But. Well, it's funny on those things too, like how, I mean, I think everyone who went would call it a success, Yeah. but it's just funny with this kind of stuff. It's like there's no, there's a lot that could go. I mean, we you know we got up Saturday morning to swim, and there was a massive thunderhead, you know, just creeping in on yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of us got in the water to swim. I think we made it what like maybe a thousand yards before it started becoming a little bit sketchy, and we had to get out. Yeah. Um, and then it rained for most of the morning. Thankfully, by the time we went to start the bike, it had just stopped raining. Yeah, yeah. We got a little bit of rain, a little bit of wet roads, but for the most part, it was pretty nice out. Um, but I don't know if you want to talk about some of the oh. technical difficulties we experienced on the uh, throughout yeah. the period of the bike. Yeah, the bike, I, it just was one of those days where you would never guess that everyone would have at least one flat. Oh my gosh. So I, I don't know if it was stuff on the roads or what, but um, Dean and I... We, we anticipated just setting up aid stations and we ended up <laughs> having to go around picking people up and changing tires and, but it, it still worked out. I mean, again, the fact that people didn't have to do two loops, there was no Ironman Wisconsin race that they were prepping for. Yeah, it actually yeah. helped. Yeah. Like, I feel like one loop was more than enough. Yep. I mean, that's a hard loop on top of it. Yeah. You know, doing 85 miles worth of that and then, yeah. But I, we honestly had a dozen flats. Yeah. Oh, and we only had nine people. Yeah. So I, a lot of people were doubling and tripling up on flat I'm not tires. Sure. Whether it was how people were changing the tires or tubes or whatever else, but it was, yeah. Anyways, it it, it still worked out and everybody everybody was safe and, and yeah. didn't have any crashes or anything that 
you know, would have been much yeah. worse than a No, flat. it was good. I mean, the weather cleared up and everything. Yep. And then Sunday morning, we ran the the, the run course. Yes, um, yeah. It was interesting because a group of us were talking about it, and, and obviously the individuals who had done Mad- or done the Ironman before last year, um, you know, we had run on Stage Street and everything, and it was totally cleared off. Mm-hmm. And it was ironic now, almost a year later, running on State Street again, and it was totally cleared off, but unfortunately for a completely different reason, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, they had the barricades up, a lot of the, like, stores and stuff had, um, were blocked off and everything, um, so it was just, like, really weird to see, in comparison to last year when, you know, it was during a race and it was completely lined with people, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, no, it was a really good time. You know, again, we ran, or you guys ran the entire course, at least one loop of it. I You had bike support? Bike support, made sure people weren't getting too far off course. (laughs) Um, And it was a beautiful morning. We we started early enough that there was hardly any traffic. You were able to run, like, almost down the center of the roads. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was, it worked out really well. And then successfully swam a big, well, like, an edge of the course. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a nice, like, I feel like, I've never been in it when it's not super windy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that day wasn't different, but yeah. it, it was still super nice. Yeah, it's it, it was uh it was good for people to experience waves yeah. compared to like Lake Anne or yeah. Cedar, like where you just so spoiled. It's just a small little lake, you know. It, it's one thing to, to to swim in those and feel confident in open water. Yeah, in a small lake compared to like Lake Monona, where it's yeah. There's definitely and there was boats of course out there that that were creating some wakes. Um, and creating a scare on yeah. that one coming after oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the speedboat running along the shore. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and then Square Lake's coming up. Yep. Um, which... Uh, Could hopefully... be the first long distance or long course race yeah. that actually happens this year. Yeah, yeah, which is exciting. Hopefully that, that goes off without any issues. And, and then a bunch of us are... It seems like a lot of people, actually, I know... Um, I know of multiple groups that aren't part of Outpace that are going and doing the rim to rim in oh, October, really? which is interesting, um, which is cool. It, 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 we'll probably see some Minnesotan yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, there. just to explain the rim to rim. Well, there's two options. There's rim to rim, and then there's rim to rim to rim. There's, yeah. th- and I think the rim to rim is what twenty five miles through so, the Grand Canyon, about four thousand feet of climb. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's basically half. So I think yeah. you know. You, yeah. I think right around there. And then the rim to rim to rim. Is it forty two or forty seven miles? It, it really depends on the route. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be probably even for the rim to rim. It'll probably be like twenty two to you know, yeah around there. Yeah. You know, give or take a couple miles. Um, but yeah, there's there's a group that's doing the full distance, which is almost double that, so about 44, yeah. 45 miles, and then, then a good group that's doing half, um, which is what Peter and I are doing. Yep. So that we survive. <laughs> yeah. No, Keep everyone, it nice and short. If you want to call 20-some miles through the Grand Canyon short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess short in comparison to what the other people are doing. Yeah. But that, that'll, be a, that'll be a good time. I mean, it's fun. a good way, too, to like do something a little bit different be able to still have a season and it's one of those things where it's not it's not truly a race yeah. right so like you could just take it into your own hands choose your distance go there and do it and not have to sit and worry about are you training for something that's inevitably going to get canceled yeah yeah um, and it's you know when it comes to maintaining social distance like in the grand canyon it's yeah, free. yeah. <laughs> that's as social distance as you can get right <laughs> but uh no that should be a good time and we're looking forward to it yep 
Now for your monthly minute where we offer you a training and racing tip. This month's topic, taking time off after a season of racing or training. Stepping back from training to allow for a mental and physical break is a very important process of the training year. Taking a break from training is required to allow your body to return to homeostasis, get out of the chronic sympathetic state or fight or flight mechanism, and fully recover down to the hormonal level and cellular. Many people, many athletes, overlook the importance of taking extended time off during the year, but it's also important for longevity, high performance year in and year out. Embrace the break, have fun doing things other than swim, bike, and run. We suggest at least two weeks of very limited or no training at all. This concludes your monthly minute. Now for the main topic of this month's podcast, which is all about cross-country skiing. All right. So now for this month's main topic. Um, This month we chose to talk all about cross-country skiing. Um, You know, we... (laughs) In August. Yeah, in August. <laughs> I, I'd like to put some background there. I mean, it may seem a little premature. I know, I think today the forecast is about 94 degrees, and that's been every day. So it's not like we are that close to cross-country skiing. <laughs> um, but the, the really, the reason we're doing it, the theme behind it, is that, you know, as I touched on earlier in the podcast, you know, some people are starting the off-season, if you will, a little bit earlier. Races are canceled, um, you know, and it can be kind of hard when you know when you have everything that's canceled and you you don't really feel like you have that legitimate end Mm -hmm. um and you're kind of being pushed into that off season a little bit earlier um you know it can kind of be hard to really think about what you're going to do over the next six months especially being in minnesota with the weather change um so i think both you and i's answer to that question in our opinion is Skiing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe you want to start with cross country skiing for you. How long you've been doing it? What got yeah. you into it? Why you like it? And and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think it's been probably about six years now. I believe. Yeah, about six seven years that I've been skiing um, over the winter months. Uh, you know, I can't remember exactly why I got into it. I think it was just we had done it in high school. Um, you know, more or less for gym class. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the, uh, the luxury of being able to do it in gym. You know, I didn't have a set of skis necessarily for myself, but just did, that was probably my first introduction to the sport. And then throughout college, you know, as we know, Wisconsin, Minnesota winters are super long and it's, yeah. it's tough to, to be on the trainer, you know, pushing runs outside, oh, you know, yeah. swimming in the dark pool all the time. Uh, during the winter months, so it was just kind of an outlet. It was something that was like, it, it kept me in great shape. It improved my fitness mm-hmm. even more so than I think sometimes tri training can do. For sure, um, it's one of the best cr- cross training things. And and then you know I bought myself my first set. It was a very entry level kind of skate skate set of skis, and and uh, just fell in love with it. And ever since, I've been doing it every winter. Yeah, um, some winters more than others, but but I've always still gotten out at least at least multiple times during the winter months. Yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I like, I, you know, I've only been doing it for one winter now. Um, I wish I did it the winter before, even when you were pushing me. Um, but, you know, it kind of took me a while to realize how significant of a tool it can be in the off season. You know, if I look at the two winters uh, I've had really um, under endurance training is the first one I... 
I decided to do the classic, you know, continue on the trainer all the time, like you just referenced, try and do these outdoor runs and, you know, go into that freezing cold pool at like five in the morning. Um, and I, honestly, I really got burnt out. Like yeah. I, I just coming into that spring, I felt mentally tired. Um, you know, I, I was having knee stuff and everything. And I think a lot of that is, is, you know, running in the really cold outdoors, icy roads, trying to run on like packed snow. Um, you know, so both physically and mentally, I just, I did not feel great going into the spring. Uh, and you fast forward to 2019, you know, I did finally decide to buy some skis <laughs> and you know, I, fully committed to it. I said, the second I can ski, I'm going to start skiing and I'm just going to do that all winter. Um, and I was legitimately sad come time that all places were closed in March. Right. I mean, I, and so, you know, and on top of that, like you referenced, like going into the spring, I felt the, the lowest impact on my legs I had the least injured and by far the most fit. Right. I mean, I would almost argue that I, I felt like I couldn't keep back up getting back into running because my fitness level, my legs couldn't keep up with the fitness level that you yeah. gain from skiing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think we both kind of sound like a little annoying sometimes when we're pushing it. But honestly, I mean, just from both of our personal experiences, I like, I don't think there's a negative to doing it. Yeah. And if you, you know, I think if we lived in warm climate, climate, yeah. you know, all year round, it would maybe be a different story. Of course, you wouldn't have snow, but if we had access to being able to train, you know, travel and train for two months in warm weather, sure, that would maybe be different, but, but wouldn't it, it be nice? Yeah. <laughs> but when, when you're stuck, um, you know, I think just longevity in triathlon and, and just that sport specifically, like, you know, cross training with skiing helps to just give yourself a mental break. It trains your body in a totally different way. Yeah. Um, but still builds that base of fitness that you need for successful endurance training, racing, you know, even though you're not doing the specific sport that maybe you're. Yeah. And I mean, the volume you can add without the, or without the physical kind of detriment you feel right. I mean, like I remember building up to the Berkey doing the, you know, four, four and a half hour Saturday skis and just preparing myself to just be wrecked. And I felt so like surprisingly fine afterwards. Oh, sure. Um, you know, cause at the same time, it's like, it's a significant workout. I mean, you talk about something incomparable to like swimming. I mean, you're using your entire body. Yeah. Um, but it just does, it, it just feels lower impact and it feels like once you get the fitness and the skill down, you can just do it for hours and, and feel fine the next day. Yeah. There's something to say about the fact that the the largest or highest VO2 max are recorded on cross country skiers as well. You know, it's, it is a full body exercise. So that definitely, that, that definitely has a little, it inflates the numbers a little bit compared to like just cycling where it's just lower body. Do you but, want to uh, try and say this guy's name? Uh, Born Dolly, I think. Oh, okay. I think right. it's Born Dolly. I, I think mean, this is supposedly the highest recorded VO2 max, which is like 96 milliliters per kg per minute. Um, which is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I think Lance Armstrong was like mid eighties, you know, or something. Again, it's he's using just his lower body yeah. to to uh, elicit the same result or, or uh, do the test. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's a full body exercise. You know, I think it's very much more of a strength endurance sport compared to like running. You yeah. know, uh, it just requires coordination it requires stability and it requires so much upper body lower body strength and endurance that 
you know, especially when it applies to triathlon, it just carries over so well. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a misnomer too. I think a lot of people just say, well, that's great, but I can't just buy skis and start doing it. Like it's very complicated. And, And honestly, like, it's not. I, I feel like you can attest to the amount of people you've convinced to do it. And how many times have they gotten skis? They're like, all right, I'm committing to doing it. And by week three, they're on their own doing it for an hour, two hours, and they know what they're doing. They're yeah. not falling left and right. Like it's, it's pretty intuitive. Honestly, it is. I know it seems intimidating at first and it's hilly and all this stuff. But I mean, it, I think most people pick up on it very quickly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just like anything, um, you know, when you when you initially get into it, like they say, again, I'm no expert when it comes to teaching uh, skate technique, but um, what I've heard is it's easier to, um, to learn classic skiing, but harder to master it. Yeah. Whereas it's a little bit more difficult to learn skate skiing, but slightly easier to master. Have you ever done classic? Yes. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. It's, um... Really, I guess we should maybe run through that. So yeah, the difference um, between so Peter and I, and what we encourage people to do more often than not is to skate ski. Um, and the reason for that is it's just more of a lateral motion. It's kind of it's kind if you see somebody like rollerblading or ice skating, it's more of that motion compared to kind of straightforward, kind of that open in a trail, right? So you look at a cross country ski trail. A lot of times you'll see the open section that's just flat snow and then on the right you'll always see kind of deep grooves the skate skiers are always the one that are open out on the trail yeah yep yep and it's uh you know classic skiing is maybe a little more similar to like the running motion um it is easier to learn just because it's basically like walking with skis you know initially when you you know for those that are are masters at it it's beyond me it's 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 something that it takes a lot of skill and a lot of technique and the the waxing all that comes into play um but but skate skiing is kind of what we recommend just because again it gets people out of that kind of sagittal straightforward motion and puts them in more of a lateral works a lot on yeah it's a dynamic movement i mean you're like you know that that, i guess that's uh, and this is me speaking prematurely because i've never truly done it this is just kind of what i look but i always struggled to make a decision to do classic because i I, it almost feels limited in the motion right it feels like you're doing the same thing up and down with your legs you're kind of you're stuck in the tracks. You know, I don't like the thought of that. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of classic <laughs> skiers that are like, you have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. And touche. Um, but I just like the dynamic nature of skate skiing where you are actually in the trail and you're kind of, it's more fluid and you're out. Um, and then, you know, when you when you hit the hill, when you go downhill, it's also different, right? I mean, I think a lot of the skate skiers actually jump in the tracks on the downhills. Sure. It um, is faster, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're interested in, in starting up, um, I highly suggest getting lessons. Like, I did I did lessons multiple times. You know, it you can do them at any of the parks. Like, Highland offers, you know, one-on-one lessons, and they're not, they're not super expensive. Doing a few of those will make... So it will help so much. Yeah, renting is pretty inexpensive. Yeah, renting as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I definitely suggest doing that so that you start on a good good foot and, and know um, what what to do and what not to do. Yeah, and one thing I mean, I like you can also you you can also look at skiing as one of your seasons and a sport in and of itself, right? Like 
I mean, we're kind of pitching this as an off-season activity because for the most part, you're dealing with individuals where triathlon is kind of their main focus and swim, bike, and run is what they do from a training perspective. But like, it doesn't just have to be like, oh, I need to find an off-season activity. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people that have gotten into it and I'm trying to do that this year where, you know, like sign up for races, like make it your winter sport, you know, sure. like it doesn't just, you can really get into it and it could be like a full-blown season for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, it just makes the winter much more enjoyable. Like when it snows, the you know, and you're just doing triathlon training, you have to go for a run, you're upset about it. (laughs) But when it snows and like you have a ski that morning, you're pumped. Like you're looking forward to snow and you don't mind if it's freezing cold or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it's just like how, how much I enjoyed last winter compared to two is just like, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Yeah. It gets people outside. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times people do just get stuck indoors, swimming, biking, running and, you know, it's, there's something to say about getting outside and just breathing fresh air and, you know, the sun and, you know, it's just, yeah. Indoor training when, and then, and then you have to work inside all day. Right. And then you're like, you're on the trainer, you're in the pool and you're on the treadmill. I mean, like you're never going outside. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 And it's, you know, when it comes to longevity in the sport, like it is very low impact. So for those that do maybe do, gravitate towards doing a little more running during the winter because they can't bike as far or they don't want to go to the pool as much you know running is definitely the highest impact sport you know and if you sub out and that's kind of what we suggest to athletes do it's like if you're not going to race in cross-country skiing maybe just sub out one of your long runs and one of your longer bikes mm-hmm. and go skiing instead and just do something a little bit different take a little bit of strain off your joints i wish i could ski like during the summer oh yeah you Roller know skiing. i know yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know if you'll catch me on those maybe yeah. i say that now but yeah. um no yeah i mean i couldn't agree more I, like well we're what we're in the midst of of this rim to rim training right now and although i'm having a really fun time with it it's a, it's a good time and everything but I mean, this is like as high impact as it gets. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is I like on a day to day basis. I'm quite just generally sore. Sure. Um, and I remember seeing the amount of weekly volume I was expected to do training for the Berkey last year. And again, I mean, I said this earlier, but again, being very surprised how okay I felt as the volume continued to rise. Yeah. Right, and you just can't say that with running. Mm-hmm. You just naturally as the running goes up it's going to be higher impact yeah and like you alluded to before in regards to like coming off ski season um personally and and i think a lot of people have experienced this as well you know i think they have their best try seasons just just because they they come off not only um, mentally fresh from try training specifically but Mm -hmm. also they're just in great shape uh, but there is there you have to take that with a little bit of caution just because you do come into it in such great fitness yep. and you don't have the impact that you normally would if you were running all year round. Yeah, I mean, um, I, like my my example is a perfect case of it is because I remember we had kind of winter was like kind of hanging on. I mean, it's it hasn't been as long of a winter as we've seen in the past, right, where it's snowing in April. But there was, I think, Theater Worth and Elm Creek and Highland both said basically like, we'll be open another week, you know? And then it's like, then it's cut off. Um, and then I remember that cut off all of a sudden, you know, I skied that whole week and then being like, oh, well now what? You know, so of course you're used to this high volume. So then you're like, well, I guess I'll just do this running instead. 
<laughs> and on Not top good. of that, you have this like great engine from skiing. Like you feel the fittest you've ever ever felt. But you got to be careful. And I ran into it, even though you warned me, is I did uh, like three weeks of running at that level, and I had like some significant knee pain that popped back up. And that's the problem. Is like your legs can't keep up with the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. engine that you've built over the last four months. It's probably very similar to like competitive swimmers that go running. Exactly. You know, they have such great fitness, but I mean, even running, even swimming more so, it's like a weightless, like, yeah. you know, whereas at least you have a little bit of strain with from your upper body. Yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's just a word of caution. Like if you do get into cross country skiing, just know you're going to come into the spring. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. I, I, you know, you talk about it. We're almost talking about it like it's a bad thing. It's just, (laughs) you got to keep yourself in check. Yeah. And then just like anything else, like follow the percentage increases with running specifically. Um, and you know, I mean, I think you, you supplement, even if you're someone who really dives into skiing, like don't completely abandon the other things, right? Like there's still something to be said about having a good swim session, a good, you know, trainer session, maybe a couple like run. I know you had me do run off skis, which I thought was beneficial, almost like a brick, but with skiing instead. So, I mean, you could still supplement the other stuff throughout the winter. Yeah. So, so for those that are looking to kind of get into it, you know, at least in the Twin Cities area, we have, we have the luxury of multiple parks that actually make snow. Yeah. Um, but like Highland, Theo, Elm Creek, at least those are kind of the ones that I'm aware of that, that make snow. Yeah, that, um, and I mean, I think last year I was up at Elm Creek on like November yeah. 12th or 13th sure. or something. I mean, they do a really good job of like yeah. the second they can get people out there, you know, they will. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's nice because once it does actually snow... And you're not dependent on man-made snow. I mean, then there's tons of places. Yeah. Then there, you know, there's like Carver and Baker and all so those places. places. Yeah, Rebecca. Yeah. Know. So, so like, if if you come into winter and it hasn't snowed yet, or it's a winter with limited snow, as long as it's cold, just know that you can still ski. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still get into it. Um, there's multiple places to go to, you know, to rent, of course. You can try it that way first before investing because it's not necessarily a cheap sport, no. unfortunately. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah. like, but, you know, you go to a place like Gear West and, and they can hook you up with a kind of an entry-level set with boots and everything for, I mean, I think I got mine for less than a 1000 right? Yeah. Like, you can, you don't have to start super high just like anything else. Like, you can get some entry-level gear and not completely break the bank. Yes, yep. You yep. talk about any biking sport and it's way more expensive yeah. than cross-country skiing <laughs> yeah and luckily you know when it comes to going to those parks you can buy either like a three rivers park district pass yep. which qualifies for any of those parks or like theo yep. they have their individual pass um so that's that's not a huge it's investment not that expensive yeah the skiing races aren't you know super expensive compared to like iron man or 70.3 or, or triathlon related yeah maybe let's talk about a couple of those races so you obviously do the berkey every year yeah the berkey have yes. you done any of the other ones um yes uh done d- i've done the Lopit um or lopit that's or, at yeah. theater worth theater worth and yes. like in the lakes area right yep yep and then i've done i'm trying to think at elm creek they used to do like a spring 10 10k race mm. Um, I've done the one at the, uh, at Highland, the yeah, the yeah. Rednet or whatever, yeah. and then uh, I did a race in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, okay. a couple of years ago. It was the Badger State Games that they 
it was like a 42k or something like that but yeah yeah it's it's a totally different ball game racing skis like it's something that i've by no means figured out like, like it's so weird yeah. i mean like i did the bur i've only done the berkey this this year that was like the one you know everyone does so i decided i was going to train for that one and i mean don't get me wrong it was super fun but it's just like it's something else i know we talked about this on one of the first ones we did but it's just like the, yeah it's very awkward i will say like i i'm looking forward to a winner of actually doing a couple other races yeah. and trying them out but yeah i mean it's one of those things that i think no matter how good you are unless you're starting like in the elite wave where you're just with other individuals at your fitness and i know like they like draft off each other i mean like you said it's like a different sport watching them do it i mean it's beautiful like the rhythm they get in but if you're stuck in the age group waves, it's, it's very much like sit and wait at the bottom of the hill and then try and climb yeah. around someone. And Especially then, the Berkey. Yeah. yeah. And then your skis touch, so you both fall over. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's fun, but it's weird. Yeah. It'll be interesting this year just knowing if there are still, you know, if they have to change the, the race dynamic because of the COVID situation. Like if it is like a time trial yeah. race at the Berkey year. That could be cool actually. I mean, for, for those that, that aren't good with the tactics or the yeah. sprinting out of the gate to get a position, like, yeah. you know, for those just with raw fitness and just can push it and then the mentality, they have the strength to push yeah. on their own. Like I think, I think it, it'll, it'll be very much more conducive for triathletes who always have to be on their own. <laughs> yeah. And it's too bad. I mean, last March they were supposed to have the, what was that? The world championship. At yeah. Rio. Unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah. they put so much work into that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's like anything else is canceled, but that would have been cool to see. Yeah. But yeah, definitely encourage everyone to get out there, give skiing a try. You know, you have now how many months until you, to buy skis. So you got some time to prep, get prepared. <laughs> and then hopefully we have snow in November. Yeah, we'll see. All right. As always, we like to end these podcasts with a quote. We could not find the author of this month's quote, um, but we feel it is a very strong statement nevertheless. Never be afraid to try something new because life gets boring when you stay within the limits of what you already know. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next month.